Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. As I continue on this series, the end from the beginning, the the purpose of this going in is I believe God has called us to wake up and to understand where he has placed us in his time frame. I spoke to you last week about the ages of time, and it's very critical that you understand that process. And so if you weren't here last week, we can get you the CD for it, or you can listen on the podcast or whatever. But we, I'll just real quickly go over it. We have the creation, the beginning, and then we have the age age of Adam, and then we go into the age of Noah, then we go into the age of the patriarchs. And then in a time period of the patriarchs, at the end of that is the cross. And, and, as, and as I told you, they bleed over on one on another. The patriarchs, the time of Abraham, down through Moses and all the way to Jesus Christ. It bleeds over and completes at the temple destruction in 70 A.D. And then, but bleeding over, the age of grace begins at the same time the age of the patriarchs was going on. And then now we are living in the age of grace. So as I told you, what you saw in the age of the patriarchs, what you saw there, you will also see echoed into our age that we are living in right now. So So God has declared the end from the beginning. He has already, what he has already done, he's going to do again. What he has already purposed, he's going to do it as well. And then correlating with the age of Noah, as I said, you'll find the tribulation period. And the Bible says that God has to shorten those days, shrink those time periods. So the final period of the, that's, that's, so you have the age of patriarchs over there, the age of grace over here. They were the, they're equal to each other. The age of Noah, which we said was over uh, 200 years, I think, and then the, but this period of time is seven years during the tribulation period. And then we have the millennial reign, which is 1,000 years, which is compared to the age of Adam. And then we have, behold, I make all things new, new creation at the end of the millennial reign. Jesus makes all things new again, and thus we are back to the beginning of time. That was all last week's message in 30 seconds. There's a lot there. So if you didn't get that, don't worry. We have a CD to help you out. And they're free, so go ahead and take what you need. But the point is, is that we, as we're living today, we are seeing some things, and I told you that I will give you the proof and going on of how we understand what we are living in. The Bible tells us in Luke's gospel, Luke 21, 24, and they, they will fall away, fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations, speaking of the Jews, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. What we saw is that the time of the Gentile was fulfilled in 1966. 
27. The beginning of, of that was that Israel overtook Jerusalem in that time. And so because of that, we, we have seen an uprising, a beginning or a pregnancy, if you would wish, of the upcoming transition from the age of grace to the tribulation period. And in that pregnant pause here we have, we are seeing Jewish person after Jewish person come to Christ in a powerful way to the point where we see the opening of Revelation chapter 7 where we've seen 144,000 Jewish people that are standing as evangelists to the Lord, men giving praise to God and being the ushering in of this atmosphere of the, of the new beginning of what God is going to do through and to this world. And so I, I gave you statistics last week. I'll give you another one. According to, and I'll give you this guy's name, Joel Chernoff, a CEO of Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. They, from 1967, there were zero. Now, according to him, Messianic Judaism is the fastest growing stream of the religious Jewish life. He said he grew up in a Messianic Jewish family. He's sharing all of what he says. He basically says Jewish believers are coming to Jesus. Right now he estimates there's more than one million Messianic Jews worldwide. This from virtually little or none to all of a sudden you're seeing a revival amongst the Jewish people going that they're coming to Jesus Christ, which seems un. Fathomable a, dec- a generation ago. And so Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri, you ever heard of that guy's name? He is a, was a rabbi um, in Israel, very, very popular. In fact, when he died in February of 2006, he was regarded as a Sephardic rabbi born in Babylon. Which, which is important to recognize is that because what we have seen in the upheaval of the mid, Middle East right now, where you see Iraq under all the turmoil, you're seeing a lot of these people, a lot of Christian and, and Iran and Iraq and all these areas, you're seeing a lot of Christians and Jews expelled from that area. They're making their way back to Israel. Now, keep going. The, it was said that when he passed away, it was some sources from Israel today, that 200 to 300,000 people came to his funeral when he died at a ripe old age of 108 years old. Two years before he died, Rabbi Kaduri suddenly began warning his followers that the world was facing a series of terrible disasters. And how did he know this? He said that he had a conversation with the Messiah. He, de- he declined to say when, where, and how this conversation with Messiah took place. All he would do is say when he, that he would reveal the Messiah's name when the time was right. Now, he passed away. And then it was, came out that he, the old rabbi had written the Messiah's name on a small piece of paper and requested that his name be not read until one year after his death. 
So the Israel today that was reporting this went, you know, this was something interesting. They wanted to know who the Messiah was. So they went and looked, and he wrote it in code, and it contained a sentence of six words, and the first letter of each word spelled out the Messiah's name. And then underneath of it, he wrote a postscript that said, concerning the letter abbreviation of Messiah's name, he will lift the people and prove that his word Word and law uh, are valid. This I have signed on the month of mercy. And the man's name that he wrote in Hebrew was Yeshua, or in English that we understand today, Jesus. That this rabbi, before he died, said, I've been having conversations with Jesus. And he revealed himself to me. And said that there's going to be series of troubles coming, but that he was going to that he was going to do a work in this world. Man, I, did you not feel that? I felt that. I, if no one else walks out of here, I'll feel it today. What I'm telling you today is you are seeing an up movement, a moving of unbelievable proportion how God is starting this moment of birthing into the time period of the end of days as we understand it. And that we, we look at prophecies fulfilled. I want to tell you that God is accurate from the moment that he spoke his word into existence. He said that everything, everything that happened that he prophesied will happen. Let me give you some of these. The Bible tells us in prophecy, speaking of Jesus' first coming, at Micah 5, 2, that he would be born in Bethlehem. In Genesis 3, 15, in Isaiah 7, 14, he was going to be born a virgin. Hosea 11, 1, he was going to be called out of Egypt. And he was going to be rejected by his people in Isaiah 53, 3. In Psalm 118, 22, and 23, he would be the stone that the builders rejected rejected then which became the cornerstone or the capstone in Zechariah 9 1 he would be a gent- 9 9 he would be a gentle king who entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey in Psalm 41 9 he would be betrayed by a friend in Zechariah 11 12 and 13 he would be betrayed by 30 pieces of silver in Psalm 35 11 he would be accused falsely in Isaiah 35 5 and 6 he would heal the blind the deaf the lame and the dumb Isaiah 53, 4, he would bear our sickness. Isaiah 56 and 50, uh, 56, 50, verse 6 and 53, 5, that he would be spat upon, smitten, and scourged. In Psalm 35, 19, he would be hated without cause. In Isaiah 53, 5, he would be pierced for our transgressions. Zechariah 12, 10, in Psalm 22, 16, that he would be crushed for our iniquities. In Isaiah 53, 10 through 12, he would suffer for the sins of of many in Isaiah 53 12 he would die among criminals in Isaiah 53 5 in Daniel 9 26 he would be put to death not because of his own transgressions in Daniel 9 24 through 27 he would die before the destruction of the second temple in Psalm 22 18 his garments would be divided amongst those who cast lots for them in Isaiah 53 9 he would be buried with the rich in Psalm 16 11 49 and 15 he was resurrected from the dead it has been noted and said that only one man in history could have fulfilled that 
In fact, the odds of anybody fulfilling all those prophecies, in fact, there were over 300, is one out of 10 with 17 zeros after it. How he fulfilled it accurately to the precise moment and precise letter. Remember, most of these were written over 500 years before Jesus would ever walk in this world. That he would all these prophesy of the coming Messiah. And God said, when this you see these things coming, you will recognize that Messiah has come. And Jesus Christ fulfilled more than 300 prophecies found in the Old Testament. And if you look at those figures, not the ones I just give, but over 300, one statistician, mathematician said this, that the odds of one man filling this were only six, of only 60 of prophecies out of 300 would be one out of 10 to the 895th power. That means 895. Five zeros after that. It is literally impossible for anybody else to be Messiah but Jesus Christ. That is the best news you've heard all day because that means you're on the right team. It is literally impossible. Those that believe in science and mathematics, they don't want to... They, they, they say the church doesn't hold to it. Well, I just gave you some very good proofs. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He has revealed himself to us. John said, we have beheld his glory. We are today the fulfillment, the church of the living God that is going forth to work the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what we have seen is that Christ is said, he's also prophesied of the future. And has as accurate as Jesus was, and as accurate as the Old Testament was, they also gave, also gave many more prophecies of the second coming of the Lord and Savior Jesus. And the purpose of what we are doing in this series is to show you to look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. It's time to look forward. It's time to look up. It's time to be ready for Jesus Christ is soon to return. The Bible tells us that we the Bible speaks of one, one other prophecy, and, I, and I, I want to bring this into, before I go much further, I want to, if you've been with me on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, I can't remember exactly when I gave you this information, but this is the fulfillment, and we're, down, we're headed down this mathematical realm for all you science people out there, left brain people, the fulfillment of what God has said in his word and how precise he spoke about Israel. And as I said, you would see the Bible said that until the end of the Gentiles, that time has been fulfilled. Now we are in the moment of expectation of the revealing of Jesus Christ one more time. 
And then, but when you look at the Old Testament, how do we get here? What, what, what would happen? Why are we in this? So in the, the time period of the patriarchs, Moses wrote in the book of Leviticus some requirements of law that had to be instituted for the purpose of understanding the process by which they should come to the Lord and recognize that he's a holy God and there is no other. And if they were violated, they would, they would, be, they would have a curse on them. But if they would hold to them, they would be the head and not the tail. They would be blessed beyond and the world would look at them and they would be a light to all nations. This was spoke of in the promise of Moses in the time period of the Levitical age. And Leviticus chapter 25, the Bible says, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field and six years years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit but in the seventh year there shall be a sabbath of solemn rest for the land a sabbath to the lord you shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard so this is the process he said you shall you shall be a you shall grow your crops for 6 years but the 7th year is a land a time period of rest Leviticus 26:27 and after all this if you do not obey me but walk contrary to me then i also will walk contrary to you in fury and i even i will chastise you 7 times for your sins see that 7 times for your sins. Verse 33, and I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Okay? That is his prophecy. That is his promise. That is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. Remember, Moses was Moses was around in 1500, 1400 BC, somewhere around in there. So this was Israel. I'll give you a date in a moment, but it was almost a thousand years later before they would be scattered. So this is not something that just was written, and then next week it happened. So as it goes on, as, as we understand history today through many outside sources, including archaeology and things that we have discovered in the Middle East, we are able to determine some very important dating that it recognizes the point, pinpoint accuracy of the Bible and what the Bible was saying. In fact, it's, it's really interesting how, how I'll just give you to throw this out there, that scholars and said they scoffed at the Bible and they scoffed at the Word of God. They said we have no evidence of there being a man called David, and so because we haven't found anything, that, that then there cannot, there could not have been a man called David. It was a, it was a fabrication. It was something that they invented to get the people to come back together after they were exiled and came back from Babylon. Which, which is a little bit crazy because the Bible says that David was around. They call it the city of David, and all these other things. And then all of a sudden, somebody dug in the dirt and found a coin that had the image of David on it, and they said, "Oops, we were wrong. I'm sorry, we were wrong." Over and over, the archaeology has proven and shown the seriousness and the accuracy of the Word of God. I'm preaching this to you today to help you understand what the end times is going to look like. But on the other side of it, I hope that you have a, f- a firm understanding of the righteousness and the purity and the loveliness of the Word of God. That when it says that you can be saved and it says you can be delivered and it says that there is a king and his name is Jesus, you can 
hold to the word of God and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So Israel was conquered by King Nebuchadnezzar in 606 B.C. So then God gave a vision to to a man called Ezekiel. Ezekiel 4, verses 3 through 6, God has given his punishment upon what was going to take place. This prophet Ezekiel was over in the land of Babylon in a time period in the city of Babylon, and he was there as a prophet to those that were thrown away, cast away. The Bible, Bible told, tells us in Ezekiel 4, verse 3, Lie thou upon thy, thy life, left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of days thou shalt lie upon it, and thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years after their iniquity, their sin. And according to the number, for I have laid on thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, 390 days. So shalt thou... So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when thou hast accomplished then, the lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. So let's just put this in math terms. So you have 390 years, Ezekiel's laying on his left, and he has 40 years that Ezekiel's laying on his right. That's 430 years. Now, Israel was in captivity for 70 years ago according to the prophet Jeremiah. So if you take 430 years, subtract uh, 70 from that, you get 360 years. But you got to multiply that number by the number 7 because what did Leviticus say? I will I will multiply your transgression 7 Time. So that gives us 2520 biblical years of 360 days each. So Our year is 365 days. Biblical year is 360 days. So when they, so when did this, this, this punishment begin? When you look at it exactly, when you have 2,520 biblical years times 360 days, that's 907,200 days. 907,200 days. Just, if you forgot everything else, just remember that. Just hold on. When you put this into our calendar of 365.25 days, because we have an extra quarter day every year, we have it leap year later, that gives us 2,483.8 calendar years. So now we got to look at when Israel was led in from the time period of captivity. So then you look at when they returned in 536 B.C., you will add 536 B.C. to 2,483.8 calendar years. That gives us 1948. Anybody know what happened on May 14th, 1948? Israel became a nation for the first time in 2,400 years. Y'all with me? When the Word of God says something, it's going to come to pass. When the Word of God speaks, His ways are perfect. 
acts. His ways are too wondrous for us to understand. His ways are glorious and mighty. His ways go far beyond what we could even imagine. And so we have this precise moment that God has rebirthed this nation. Ezekiel 37 and many other passages of this, of this land coming from nowhere and now returning. These dry bones have come alive in this moment in time that this land was now been brought back to God, brought back to Israel. So the Bible says, it shall come to pass afterward in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. And also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said among the remnant whom the Lord calls. So Joel prophesied that there would be a, a outpouring of the Spirit of God. We know, biblically speaking, that Peter rose up on Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and said, standing up with the eleven, you see, what happened is they were in an upper room, and they were praying God, praying to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit descended upon them, and in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and the, as it came forth with the evidence, was speaking with other tongues, the the the, the the, uh, omni, uh, the omniscient, powerful God poured out his spirit upon all flesh. This was, and then Peter stands up in that moment and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, said God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Praise God. Powerful. But we're not done. I only get to preach once today, y'all, so I got to put two sermons into one. And we're going to eat afterwards. Y'all relax. I got a little ways to go. So when we are going through we're going through this, this time period. Peter stands up. And, but you remember, it's the, the end of the age of the patriarchs. It's the end of the age. Within 30 years or so, the temple is going to be destroyed. It will be known as one of the most wicked generations that would have ever been on earth from the time period of the Jews, according to Josephus and other historians, that these people were vile, they were wicked, and, and many other things that they did that I'm not going to talk about right now because uh, they're little kids in the room. So the point is they were wicked. 
Okay, they were wicked in their generation. And then we see the ending of this time period. So what Joel prophesied, Peter said, that said in the last days, what were they saying? In the last time period of the time of the patriotic age, God was going to pour out his spirit. Okay, so that was done. That happened. That happened in a moment. But now you flip it. Now we are back over into the age of grace. And so what we see is history continues on. As it continues on, there is, there is time periods and there are outbreaks and there are, there are moments of time that, that we understand that the Spirit of God baptized people and Christians were baptized in the Holy Ghost with the heavens and was speaking with their tongues. But it was, not, it was not widespread. It was not, it was just pockets here and there and this person or that person. And so we see a line there, but all of a sudden, at the beginning of the 20th century, all of a sudden, in the last of, oh, I don't know, 100 years, there was an out pouring of the Holy Spirit and what happened was in 1896 a, a congregation over in, 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 in Camp Creek in North Carolina they began to praise God. These were Baptist people that were trying to reform their church they saw it moving away from holiness and they saw it moving away from, from following after God. So they began to come together and, and begin to seek the Lord and begin to seek God and they weren't trying to embrace an entire denomination they were just trying to get the fire of God back into the church and so they began all of a sudden though there was a revival at Shearer Schoolhouse in Camp Creek, North Carolina and all of a sudden these people began to speak with other tongues and they did not know what was going on because they never even heard of anything like that happen before and then when they looked into the Bible they found the book of Acts and they saw in Acts chapter 2 that the Bible said that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and what they recognized was God was doing it again that God was doing it again and then 10 years later you have Azusa Street that my friends was the birth of the church of God that you that we are part of today the 1896 story 1906 was Azusa Street out in California so you saw on the east coast and the west coast of the United States of America the power of God descended upon this nation and upon the people that were seeking the hand of God and what began to take place was literally an outpouring of the spirit of God that has now swept from all around the world it didn't just stay in America it is the fastest growing movement of, of, of Christian anywhere in any time in any moment for less than 150 years we are seeing nation after nation after nation receive the power of the presence of God as it is descending all around this world that he said in the last days I will pour out my spirit. So what is this telling us? That, that, that never before in the time period of history. This is why people have said it can't be done. It shouldn't be done. It was not possible that it should be done. Why haven't we seen it before? Why hasn't it been like this? Why? Because it had to wait until the precise moment that God said would be the last days. We are in that moment. The echo of time. The last days. The last moments. The last time period before the soon return of the king of kings and the lord of lords you should not be ashamed of your pentecostalism for this is what god has been birthing throughout this world 
The Bible tells us as well that in these last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. 2 Timothy 3. Lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such, turn away. 2 Peter 3.3, 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They're scoffers. They can't even see what's happening in front of them because they don't want to see, because they wanna, they're monsters of iniquity, and they want to continue in their sin, and they don't want to repent from it, and they don't want to turn from God. So God has blinded their eyes, and they cannot see it but God has given you clues and given you pointings and given you statements and told you what is coming so that way on that day when we stand before God he will turn to you and say did you not read did you not see my word that I have printed there did you not know that I have given it to all that would read and understand the word of God and so we we are we are quickly approaching the end the end next week i'm going to show you even more calendar stuff and i'm going to show you how everything has been working according to what god has been doing but i'm going to begin next week's message right now and conclude this one's with this it is now the year 2015 according to our calendar. And this is in the same vein as what we have been speaking of this morning. 2015, everybody knows that. We're rapidly approaching the end of this, this calendar. And now, though, according to the Jewish calendar, does anybody know what month we're in? We're in the month of Elul, E-L-U-L. If you read your Bible, you know that there are different months the Jews have been holding to, that we hold to. There's a Jewish calendar, and there's a Gregorian calendar, which is ours. And we, we hold to this one, but the Jews have not stopped holding to theirs. And according to their calendar, we are in the year, we are in the last two weeks the last two weeks of the year, right now. And it is the year 5,775. In 15 days, it will be the Jewish year 5,776. In one year and 15 days, it will be the year 577. Seven. Means nothing or means something, I don't know. If you know the number seven, it means something very powerful in Scripture. But we are two weeks away. We are in the month of Elul, which is a time of repentance. It is a time period where the people of God are supposed to take inward stock of their lives and look to God and remember what God has done and where he has brought you and turn away from sin and look to God. 
Why? Because the judgment of God is going to be coming soon. And the day of atonement is right around the corner next month. So what they are looking at from a Jewish perspective is that they're, they're getting everything right before God. They're repenting. They're getting things together. They're, they're looking at God and asking God. And so, you know, if you're like me, it's the year 2015. We, what does 2015 mean? From 2015 years since Jesus was born. That's what 2015 means. So we, 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 we know that's close, not quite. It's probably year 2019 or 2021 if you're really going to be accurate, but it's close. And so, but the Jewish people, it's 5,775 days, years, excuse me, 5,775 years since Adam opened his eyes. Not, not when God said, let there be light, but 5,775 days on Rosh Hashanah, here in 15 days, they believe that at that moment, Adam opened up his eyes and became a living being. 5,700, and in, in two weeks, 76 days, years. And so when you look at this, according to Jewish sages and others, they would look at this and they said, now we don't have any record of this in Scripture, this is Jewish tradition. That the first words out of Adam's mouth were this, Adonai Malek Alom Ve'adid. The Lord is king forever and ever. Exodus chapter 15 verse 18 says this, The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Revelation eleven fifteen says this, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world, have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. From the very beginning, God has been king. From the very beginning, God has been king. From creation all the way to this moment, God has never surrendered his sovereign authority over this world at this moment in time. God has never surrendered it. So when he sets something in order and says that this is the way it's going to be, he's king. His word is real and true, and it cannot be altered. So that means when he says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When he says, cast your cares upon me. When he tells you that you're going, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When he tells Tells you that the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When he says these things, it is a reality. It has been done from the end of the beginning. It was already in place. And so during this time of the year, the Bible says in Psalm 47 verse 1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is awesome. 
He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nation. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together. The people of God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Sister, if you go ahead and come to the piano. As we finish, understand this here. He has declared from the very beginning the end. He has declared what was going to take place. He has declared all of these things. I have shown you in Scripture that you can hold to God, that you can believe His Word, that you can listen to what He has said, that you can listen to all that He has promised for you. But as we conclude today, in order for you to go forward into the next prophetic moment, the soon return of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. you got to make his, him king over your life today. He's already king over all. But here's the, here's the essence of this. You're born, me as well. Jesus calls us children of the devil. We're born as workers of iniquity. We live in an outright betrayal and treasonous stance towards the king. We live in sin, born this way, always seeking our own, always looking at ourselves, always doing what we desire, looking at our own will and plan. But God has said, if you surrender, bow to me, now, he said, I will mention your name before the Father. Jesus is your intercessor right now. He, if you call unto him, this is why there's only one way. The, Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Because if there's a father, he sends his son. He doesn't give you other options. It's just Jesus and only Him. Only one took your sin. Only one died in your place. Only one carried your cross. Only one died so that you might have life more abundantly. Only one did this for you. It was prophesied that He would come and is accurate as it said that he was coming, it says he's coming again. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace.